Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, January 26th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, Peak Pals, so for your fact of the day, $200 million is the price in American that song management firm Hypnosis paid for the publishing and royalty rights of Justin Bieber's entire song catalog. Now, I personally think that the rights to Baby Alone should have cost that much. It sounds like they really got a steal. Jay, I know you're a Tim Biebs fan. You've got the toque, you've got all the gear. Do you have a favorite Bieber song? I like Baby, and I bet there are lots of people who would suggest that that's the one. Well, that is the one that launched him, but not, I don't think it's his best one. But he really gained my favor when he told the world where he bought his weed. In my world, that meant a lot that he gets his weed in California. So I'm going to say Peaches, even though it's a relatively new one. Yeah, I Peaches was good, but that's not my favorite. I think the Purpose album was far and away his best work. And so Sorry, Love Yourself, like those are the real bangers to me. Even like, I think Sorry is by far his best song. It still hits today. And so I would say Sorry, but yeah, no, it, look, it's exciting for Bieber. He's got $200 million he can put in his pocket, put that in the S&P 500 and you can watch that money grow. You think he's a conservative investor like that? <laughs> yeah, he's got ETFs, treasury bills, the S&P 500, just standard stuff. I hope that's true. Like, I know he's got a huge house in Waterloo. That's a nice investment. You know, that's a booming region. I love it. It is an interesting move. I don't know what it says about the future or the current state of the music industry, but it is interesting. Aside from Justin Bieber's increased net worth, what do we have for Peak Bells today? Well, for our first story, food is getting even more expensive. For our second story, layoffs in Canadian media. And for our last story, work from home policies are changing. For our first story, in this case, Justin Bieber's going to need that $200 million because $37 chicken, $14 yogurts, and $8 cabbage. Apparently, we haven't seen the worst of it as groceries are set to become even more expensive in the coming months. Brett, aside from Justin Bieber, that's terrible news for the rest of us. What is driving these price hikes? It's going to be an expensive Christmas at the Bieber's Waterloo compound next year. Inflationary pressures in the grocery sector are piling up. In the last year, grocery chain Metro says it received tens of thousands of requests from suppliers for price increases to account for the rising cost of really everything from fuel to labor to packaging. Many large chains are still in a blackout period for price increases until February, but the cost increase requests in the system are set to send prices even higher. Now, to catch you up, last week we wrote about how the complexities of getting food from producers to store shelves show us how hard it is to get inflation under control. Food researcher Sylvain Charlebois told the Star that there seems to be a tug of war going on within the supply chain. Though some shoppers were left scratching their heads this week when grocery chain Metro hiked its dividend and reported an 11% jump in profits last quarter, they claim this is largely driven by sales of non-grocery products. And if it wasn't already obvious to you, this matters because high grocery prices are dramatic changing our eating habits. A record number of Canadians are turning to food banks. Others are turning to discounted food marketplaces. Some have even found that eating out can sometimes be cheaper than cooking at home, though results with that strategy may vary. Don't try to go to one of the Michelin star restaurants in Toronto, Jay, because I promise you that will not be the case. I hear you, Brett. Now let's zoom out, Brett. Zoom as of December, the cost of food had risen 11% compared to one year earlier, according to Statistics Canada. And Canada's Food Price Report 2023 is predicting a 5% to 7% further increase in food prices this year. Inflation is cooling, but it's not going anywhere. 
For our second story, not to be outdone by big tech, the media sector is also battling a series of shocking layoffs. We hate seeing layoffs anywhere, Jay. How is the media sector getting hit now? Well, Post Media, one of Canada's largest media brands and owners of outlets like the National Post and the Financial Post, is laying off 11% of its editorial staff as it deals with slumping ad spends, rising costs, and print circulation going the way of the dinosaurs. The company is also moving Saskatchewan-based employees to remote work, shifting some papers to digital only, and selling its Calgary Herald building. To catch you up, Post Media is far from the only outlet feeling the pain. The layoff storm has been brewing since late last year, triggered by disintegrating ad spending and the face of economic uncertainty. This past week, the Washington Post and Vox Media announced layoffs. While global ad spending is projected to increase modestly this year, spending on traditional media like, say, legacy news outlets will be flat at best. And here's why it matters, Brett. The media industry is an existential fight for its life, said one Post Media executive. As ad dollars dwindle, national newsrooms are faltering while non-traditional outlets like the newsletter business like The Peak, no, not like The Peak, but The Puck and The Peak and personal sub stacks pick up traction. And podcast TJ. There you go. For our third story, work from home is definitely here to stay, but unfortunately, it's not for everyone. Here's what's driving the news. So after becoming a huge trend during the pandemic, remote work is on the decline. On LinkedIn, postings for remote jobs have gone down from 20.6% in March of 2022 to just over 13% in the last month. And while the overall labor market is strong, there has been a wave of layoffs in areas like the tech sector where remote work has been the most prominent. People want these jobs, Brett. In 2022, over half of all job applications on LinkedIn were for remote positions positions and increase from the year before. A Gallup poll in the U.S. last year found that a third of respondents preferred fully remote work. It's even more popular in Canada, where a full skill center survey found that 78% of respondents like working from home a lot better than working in the office. That makes for a serious mismatch between the expectations of workers and bosses. A recent survey found that 44% of executives would prefer to be in the office every day of the work week, a sentiment shared by, surprisingly, only 17% of employees. That's a huge gap. Over 1,000 Apple employees signed a petition against CEO Tim Cook's return to office mandate, which asked for in-person attendance three days a week. Three. Now, together with wage issues, return to work demands are part of the reason that 120,000 Canadian public servants are now considering going on strike. And here's why it matters, Brett. There's a very real scarcity issue in the remote job market. There are fewer positions available and the lifting of pandemic restrictions has shifted power back to the hands of bosses who want more face time. Competition for remote jobs is fierce, Brett. So bring your A-game or you'll be back in the office sooner than you know it. Peepal, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks, Brett. Have a good day, Peak Pals. And Brett, it's not going unnoticed on my end of this that you and I are both recording this from our home offices. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day. You too.